good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is your host, Doc Bryant, and this is the Doc Bryant Show. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and uh, I want to tell you that, uh, and reassure you, that if you are a Christian, you have already won. I woke up this morning, and actually, let's go to yesterday. Yesterday, I was seeing and hearing all day, especially at the end of the day, news that I found to be so exciting, so encouraging, that uh, I almost uh, recorded uh, last night. Um because it was just, you know, really exciting to me. But I didn't. I had stuff that I needed to do, and I focused on that, which for somebody like myself is rather difficult. Um, Anyway, uh, when I woke up this morning, I had this uh, song in my head. It's a praise and worship song. Now, uh, I typically do not have praise and worship songs stuck in my head, uh, primarily because I am not really a big fan of praise and worship songs. I like the old hymns. There's a lot more theology in those hymns than there are in uh, most praise and worship songs that I find repetitive and, quite frankly, vapid. Um, No offense. But anyway, uh, there are a few of them that I do enjoy, uh, a handful of them, and this is one of them. And I woke up this morning, and this song was in my head. And uh, it's by a group called Shane and Shane. And the song is You've Already Won. The uh, chorus of which, beginning of the chorus is, I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. Speaking, of course, of the victory of Jesus Christ when he rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. This is actually a subject that I have preached on multiple times and talked about on this podcast multiple times. But it is something that we as Christians need to keep front and center in our minds at all times, because it is a fact that God has already won. The, the, the war is over. And if we are Christians, we are going to spend eternity with him. So whatever happens to us down here uh, on earth, it, it really doesn't matter. It's only temporary. This too shall pass, as the old saying goes. We've, through him, already won. If God is with us, who can be against us? And so there's really nothing to worry about uh, with regards to anything that is happening in this world or in the spiritual realm, as we talk about even more frequently. For those of you who are new to the channel, I view and talk about the uh, goings-on politically, culturally, uh, occasionally economically, as uh, through the lens of of, uh, the Bible and uh, biblical prophecy, etc., etc. And I have, uh, uh, I was a pastor of a church for about 15 or so years, maybe a little bit more, um, and am semi-retired, but, uh, so, you know, I kind of know my stuff, and, I, and I've, uh, I've done some pretty extensive biblical study, not, not as much as a lot of people, but, uh, a lot more than a lot of other people. Uh, so I, I kind of know my stuff when I'm, when I'm talking about this kind of thing, and, uh, it's really neat to watch things unfold uh, when you know what's going to happen. And that's kind of the way that I'm viewing such things. Uh, at any rate, 
the good news, the, the exciting news. I digress, and I frequently do, uh, and thank you for indulging me on that. Um, the first stuff that started coming in yesterday, the first news that started coming in yesterday was, uh, and we've been seeing this spark of revolt occur at first, it, it was it was just a little bit um, when it came to Hollywood, but then there was the massive backlash that occurred because of the Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney situation, and now it's just starting to happen. It's starting to expand. So, my favorite Hollywood company to pick on is Disney. And we're going to get to them in a minute because this is really exciting, what is happening to Disney. And we're going to get to Disney in a minute, but not right now. Um, with the Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney thing, uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, culturally, and I believe spiritually as well. And they faced a... Uh, they caused a backlash that is causing very serious trouble for them uh, financially. For those of you who are not familiar with the situation, um, Bud Light sent a special six-pack. I thought it was a 12-pack at first. It was a special six-pack of their tall boy... Uh, so-called beer to an internet influencer by the name of Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is a failed actor and comedian who has decided to pretend to be transgender so that he can get uh, views followers for his internet channel, uh, his, uh, I think it's Instagram. And to a certain extent, he's been fairly successful, uh, from what I understand, but he dresses up as a woman. He pretends to be a woman. Uh, he pretends to be a transsexual. Uh, he puts on woman face. He's, uh, has long hair. I don't know if that's his natural hair or if it's, uh, implants or, or not implants, but extensions, whatever, however it works. And, and frequently actually dresses up like a little girl and pretends to be a little girl. He, he goes all out for this thing. Now he's not a real transsexual. He has had no surgery, uh, as far as removing the man bits or adding the woman bits. So he's, he's just, he's a fake. He's a phony. He's a poser. Uh, but he's a popular one. As I have said before, it's kind of funny that he's a man pretending to be a woman, pretending to be a man who pretends to be a woman. Um, and that it's and he's annoying as hell. At any rate, he recently uh, was celebrating his quote unquote three hundred and sixty fifth day of womanhood. And to commemorate that, Bud Light thought it would be a good idea to send him a, a commemorative six-pack with his ridiculous face on it. And so uh, he uh, showed this on his Instagram channel. Uh, this was also uh, coincidental to March Madness and he, it, it was a stupid, uh, a stupid segment that he did on his Instagram channel that if you want to watch it, you can go ahead and watch it. I'm not going to replay it here, but you know, he talks about, Oh, this is, has to do with sports. And, and, uh, I don't know much about March Madness, but yay team. And you know, whatever team you root for, I root for, and I love you and I love your team. And it, it was just really, really stupid. Anyway, Bud Light, the, the typical Bud Light drinker is not what you would call a supporter of the pride movement. 
Your typical Bud Light drinker is somebody who is blue-collar, hard-working, salt-of-the-earth type of individual. And they understandably balked at this. And the backlash was massive. The backlash was enormous and instant. Bud Light sales plummeted and have stayed down. As a matter of fact, as I understand it, they have continued to drop across the United States. Bud Light sales, on average, have dropped around 27%. And even in blue states, folks, which tells you that there's no such thing as a blue state, really. And it also tells you that the people that they were trying to pander to with this commercial, and it was a commercial despite what they, what Bud Light, what Anheuser-Busch has said, it was a commercial, it was indeed a campaign, um, that the people that they were trying to pander to don't drink Bud Light. It was surprise, surprise. At any rate, um, this caused a greater awareness of, this caused an awakening, I think, in your average citizen, what uh, those of us who are actually heavily involved in politics and pop culture refer to as normies. Those of you out there who do not really keep your fingers on the pulse of what is going on but just kind of casually go about your business day to day and rely on people like myself uh, and others to tell you what is going on. This caused uh, uh, an awakening within the normies to this kind of thing, this, this push by the pride community. And people have been kind of aware of it, and they've kind of been backlashing against, say, Disney, who, again, we will get to in a little while, because Disney has been so very, very overt about it. And because, again, someone like myself, who was doing some investigative journalism, actually caught them online in a Zoom meeting, openly admitting that they had a, quote, not-so-secret gay agenda, end quote, that they were putting into every single kids' show and movie that they were producing. And so that, that caused the backlash against Disney. But, but it, it wasn't until recently, that uh, until the Bud Light incident, that people started getting into their heads, wait a minute, what the heck is going on here? This is... This is this is not coincidental. This is a marketing campaign to expand transgenderism. And it is kind of working because uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the number of people who identified as transgender were three-tenths of a percent of the population of the United States. It is now up to a little more than one percent of the population of the United States precisely because of this marketing campaign by the Pride community. And this has convinced some people that who never would have given it another thought that they themselves should try this, specifically young people uh, in their teen years, because these are people who are wrestling with their identity and they want a group to, uh, for security's sake, you know, while they're wrestling with their own identities, they want a group to belong to and that gives them security. And so uh, this transsexual or uh, uh, transgender or gender neutral or, you know, multiple gender, whatever you want to call it. I call it the pride, uh, the pride movement has given them a, a community to hold on to. The good news is that it has only reached really that much. Although, uh, there are studies that are suggesting or polls that are suggesting that a quarter of 
kids consider themselves to be part of that community. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, that's, that's how insidious this is. At any rate, back to the backlash. The real people, the normies, are uh, revolting, and they became aware or are becoming aware of the existence of, you know, why this is happening. And the reason that this is happening is because, again, this is a concerted movement uh, by major corporations called uh, ESG, which is Environmental Social Governance. And the way ESG works is you've got these huge companies, investment companies, like BlackRock, and there are others. Vanguard is another one, who have trillions of dollars, in the case of BlackRock, to invest in other companies. And these companies are run by globalists, socialist globalists, and they are trying to enforce a Chinese-style uh, social uh, credit system. And so they will tell these major corporations, any major corporations, that their movement has not already infiltrated and in the C-level suites. They will tell them... We have a scoring system called ESG. And to the extent that you participate in environmentalist, socialist, uh, globalist uh, agenda, we will increase the score. And the higher your score is, the more money we will invest in your company. And there are banks that have a similar system that say, if you want a line of uh, interest-free credit, then you will have a higher ESG score, and we will give you a, a large line of credit. Now, surprise, surprise, ESG does not sell in the United States. It doesn't sell. And as a result, these companies lose money. These companies that, that, that get themselves heavily involved in this kind of thing, they lose patronage. And this is okay because, you know, they've got the backing of these investment companies and banks that will give them other people's money to continue with this push, this onslaught against the culture of the United States. But here's the thing. Just like with government and, uh, say, a socialist government, a liberal government, the, the type of which we currently have in Washington, D.C., who use money forcefully extracted through taxes from the people of the United States, and then use that money to advance their socialist agenda. That wasn't enough. They found out, as Margaret Thatcher has frequently said, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. Well, they did run out of other people's money, and they uh, found out that printing their own money just devalues the money, and so it, that doesn't work very well either. So what they decided to do was invade the private sector. And so they took people who were already embedded in the federal bureaucracy, in the major agencies like the NSA, like the CIA, like the FBI, and they took these people and they infiltrated the business sector, the private business sector, with these individuals who took positions in the C-suites of various major companies like BlackRock, like Vanguard, interestingly enough, like Anheuser-Busch in the United States. That's why, uh, oh yeah, like um, Disney, um, uh, other major corporations in entertainment uh, and news 
uh, all have former members of FBI, CIA, DIA, NSA, and the other alphabet soup agencies to act as extensions of the left in the private sector. Well, now they're starting to run out of other people's money and the people are starting to reject them. And the people are now aware are a little bit more aware of ESG and of the insidious movement that it represents. And so because of that, they are starting to reject it. The left cannot operate out in the open because if they did, if they made clear what they believed in, and their ultimate goals, they would instantly be rejected. So they constantly have to rebrand themselves to appear to be uh, a positive movement, a movement of uh, a movement of tolerance, a movement of inclusivity, and and. The, the the various other you know good things that that elicit good emotions they have to basically lie about who they are and what they want and when it becomes obvious that they have been lying when it becomes obvious what they are doing actually negative negatively impacts society in the case of the united states uh negatively impacts our constitutionally guaranteed rights, then they face backlash. And they're facing backlash in the business sector right now. Um, it's kind of ironic how the left always... Uh, covers itself in the concept of, you know, we are the people's movement. Like with Hitler, the, you know, the, the, uh, the Volkswagen was, means the people's car, the people's wagon. They're, they're all, oh, we're the people's movement. We're here for the people and stuff like that. But the vast majority of the people, if they knew what was going on and what these people's end goal was, would completely and totally and do completely and totally reject it. Well, now ESG is no longer a secret. And more and more people are learning about it. More and more people are actually going online and looking up to see whether this bank that I am using or this company whose product I am buying or whose service I am buying cares about and as is involved in this ESG movement. And if they are, they're dumping them, which is what you should be doing. Now, again, not a financial analyst, not a financial counselor. I'm just telling you that the way to end this is to stop doing business with companies who are involved in ESG. And like I said, this is starting to occur. This movement is starting to occur. And, and, and I, I give most of the credit to uh, Bud Light for this and some of it to Disney as well. But the left cannot advance any further uh, they they cannot advance as well unless it's what they're doing is secret. And all of this ESG stuff is coming from the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum and uh, uh, whatever that organization is that uh, the multiple organizations that George Soros is running. It's kind of interesting that... Um, the United States fought a war to defeat the Nazis from taking over the world. And once again, we have uh, two, two Nazis who are 
trying to take over the world. Klaus Schwab with the uh, World Economic Forum and George Soros with his multiple different organizations. But those are the ones who are primarily uh, materially behind this. Of course, spiritually, the one who is behind this is Satan. Uh, another organization that is is now suffering because they have been exposed for what they are is Black Lives Matter. Uh, BLM uh, found out yesterday donations to BLM are down uh, by 86% because people found out that this organization that they had been giving money to that was supposed to be for advancing the uh, the black community, uh, it turns out was being embezzled and was being used by its founder to buy several multi-million dollar houses in, by the way, primarily white communities. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The left, if nothing else, are hypocritical. So here we have another organization. You've got the, the World Economic Forum, which is starting to be exposed. You've got uh, the whole ESG movement. You've got BlackRock uh, being exposed. They have posted their first losses, by the way, as well. Um, all of these other companies involved in ESG are being exposed. And typically when that happens, when the left has been exposed, they have to fall back they have to fall back and rebrand. That is why the their movement, even though their movements are the same, have gone by many, 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 many different names. They have to have multiple flavors so that they can sell it to multiple different kinds of people. So you've got communism, you've got socialism, you've got fascism, and yes, fascism is a leftist movement. It was founded by a socialist by the name of Giovanni Gentile. Uh, so fascism, you've got liberalism, you've got progressivism, all of these different isms that they use to describe what is basically the same thing, which is concentrating political power in the hands of a very few elite people. That is what the World Economic Forum is about. The World Economic Forum is a bunch of very, very, very rich people, unelected people, who control massive corporations who are trying to decide the fate of the world. They have decided that they are the smartest, they are the elite, they are better than everybody else, and they get to tell everybody else on the planet how to live. And this is being soundly rejected by the rank-and-file people of the entire world. And in some cases, huge nations nation-states who are rejecting it, and these nation-states who are, are rejecting this globalist agenda, ironically, are being led by Russia, partnering with China. Surprise, surprise. And India, and for those of you who don't think that India is an oppressive culture, then you don't know anything about India. No offense to my Indian friends, but it's a fact it is an extraordinarily oppressive uh, culture, um, both socially and spiritually. Uh, at any rate, all of these countries are rejecting this globalism, um, which is actually a good thing. And our current federal government has embraced this ESG globalism, and they are being rejected and another reason, of course, they're being rejected is because they are an illegitimate government. They are an unelected government. Um, and yes, I am one of those people. Uh, I am uh, what a lot of leftists would refer to as a conspiracy theorist, except for the fact that I'm running out of conspiracy theories because all of the conspiracies so far have come true. Now... Let's get to my favorite punching bag when it comes to ESG, when it comes to the 
cultural and spiritual war that we find ourselves in in the United States and the West in general. Disney. I want all of my pixie dust snorting Disney uh, Mickey Mouse ear wearing uh, wearing Disney simps out there to open up your mouse ears very loudly. Those of you who told me that Disney can do whatever they want and they can push whatever agenda they want because they have billions and billions of dollars and they can just do whatever they want. And if they want to push the uh, LBGTQ LMNOPEIEIOMOUSE agenda, then they can do that. And, be, and and their diversity and inclusion and equity and all of this garbage. And Disney can do that because they have billions of dollars. Guess what, folks? Disney does not have billions of dollars. Uh, well, let me slightly change that. They are not as financially sound as you would think. They have been lying about their finances. There is now, uh, there are now lawsuits against Disney because they have been violating, the board of Disney has been violating their fiduciary responsibility to their investors. And this comes with not only uh, civil uh, repercussions financially, but possibly criminal if they have been lying about their finances and their filings to the federal government, which appears like may have been happening, especially at Lucasfilm. So we've known for a long time that Disney has not had a profitable movie definitely in the last two years, arguably for the last six. Uh, The only movie that I'm aware of that actually made money for them. Well, there's a couple of them. You had, uh, the sleeper, uh, what was that about the, uh, South American girl, uh, Encanto. Okay. Encanto is making money or made money for them. That was profitable. I think that was about the last one that was actually, majorly profitable and it wasn't very profitable in the theaters but it it did make up a lot of ground in streaming now uh as far as their big uh uh their big 3 disney has lucasfilm disney has pixar and disney has marvel marvel the last movie that made a profit and just barely barely made a profit, arguably made a profit, was Shang-Chi. That's the last one. Uh, Everything else pretty much broke even. An argument could be made now, maybe that Thor Love and Thunder might have made a little bit of money, but not a whole lot. They pretty much broke even. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has not made as much money as uh, as it should have. Star Wars died a long time ago and has not been profitable since. Star Wars is dead. And with the release of Indiana Jones in June, I think it is, uh, June 24th, with the release of Indiana Jones 5, uh, that will be the death of Indiana Jones. Now, as far as I'm concerned, there are only three Star Wars movies and there are only three Indiana Jones movies. That's just me. Um, Because I'm an old guy. You know, if you ask other people, younger people, they would say there are only six Star Wars movies and and three Indiana Jones movies. Either way, uh, Lucasfilm is dead, pretty much. Um, Pixar has not released anything profitable for a long time. Uh, Their most recent releases have lost money with Lightyear 
and the very openly homosexual uh, strange world. And now this uh, movie Elemental, which is going to be coming out, which is just more of the same garbage. It, it might not be as in your face as Strange World, but I, I don't, it still pushes the same concept. So uh, Pixar is pretty much dead. They haven't put anything out good. Then you've got um, Marvel. And again, the the last thing that they put out that was really fairly profitable was uh, Shang-Chi, historically. And then you've got uh, Love and Thunder, and now Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is not doing nearly as well as it should. And even then, the production costs of these movies are ridiculously high, so that the profit level for the movies have to be very high. They were really counting on Ant-Man 3 to kick off their push, their new Phase 5, because Phase 4 was a complete failure. So they were counting on Ant-Man 3 to kick off Phase 5, and that was a flop. And, and now, even though Guardians of the Galaxy 3, by all accounts from what I've heard is a good film people aren't going out to watch it because they're just tired of the agenda. They're sick and tired. And I'm pretty sure because the next big one that's coming down the pike for Marvel, really the next one that might garner some support from uh, normies and regular fans alike is Deadpool three. And they're even pulling a massive stunt to get people to watch Deadpool 3, and that's the return of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Hell, that might even get me to watch it, but the, really the only reason that I would watch this is because I know that Disney will not have their hands in it at all. This is going to be full-on Ryan Reynolds, so it will be funny and it will be good. Uh, and so I'm not going to go to the theaters to watch it, but... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably watch it on streaming, whereas I probably will not watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on streaming. I'm just not interested. I just, I just don't care about anything Disney anymore. And I'm not the only one, which is my main point. Disney is not making money off of the entertainment end. And then people say, well, Disney is making money off of the parks and they're all oh, they're making money hand over fist over the park. No, they're not, folks. They say they are, but I don't believe they are. See, I think part of what happened was during the lockdowns, Disney shut down their parks and they used the money from the parks that they would normally use in maintenance and, you know, all of the other stuff to, to operate the parks. They took that money and they, they threw it full bore into their agenda-driven entertainment industry. And they lost it. Because, again, none of their movies are making any money. So that money's gone. And then when the lockdowns ended... They had to maintain their parks again, but they had left their parks unattended and unmaintained. And now it is very regular for people to go to Disney and report that multiple rides are shut down. And while we're speaking of shut down rides at parks, the, the, the ultimate temple to the woke agenda of Disney Entertainment, the Galactic Star Cruiser, after only one year, has shut down, much to the dismay and rage of the person who has destroyed Lucasfilm and Star Wars in the first place, Kathleen Kennedy. All of these things 
are proof that people are full-on rejecting wokeness. And as I have said before, wokeness is, is what is being pushed by this ESG agenda. Wokeness is what is referred to in Ephesians as this present darkness and what is referred to in Revelation as the, the whore of Babylon. It is a world system that is run by Satan and wokeness is being soundly rejected by the vast majority of people. Now, again, back to Disney's billions and billions of dollars. After their most recent um, investor report came out, I was listening to uh, a group of people who uh, break down the entertainment industry uh, from a business standpoint. And they were uh, on their podcast live going over the financial statements from Disney. And uh, a couple of these guys are, uh, one of them is a, 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 uh, an entertainment business lawyer. Um, uh, a couple of them are entertainment uh, business or big business uh, accountants. They're going over this thing. And they found, and I mean, they were super surprised. They found that Disney, at any given time, only has three to six weeks of liquidity available to them. Everything else is tied up. And they pointed out, and this the this was on the uh, I can't remember if it was on it was on YouTube. And I think it was on the Valiant Renegade channel. I highly recommend that channel on YouTube. Uh, Valiant Renegade. Uh, or it was the WDW Pro. That's WDW Pro channel. Both of whom are, and they work together frequently. They're on each other's shows frequently. Uh, then there's a Mexican Iron Man was on there. Um, and a couple of other people. Uh, who are professionals, various professionals in the in these areas. Uh, highly recommend all of their channels on YouTube, by the way. They were breaking this down, and, and they pointed out that as a, finance, a typical financial advisor would tell a typical person to have three to six months of operating capital liquid operating capital available to them in case, say, you lost your job or something like that. You need three to six months worth of uh, your budget for groceries, for um, mortgage or rent, for car payments, stuff like that. Um, that's what you should have on hand at any given time, three to six months, and businesses as well, three to six months or more if you can, of operating capital, liquid operating capital, available to you at any given time in case an emergency happens. That's what it's for. Disney, at any given time right now, only has three to six weeks of operating capital. Disney is in major financial trouble. And this is with the massive income that they get from live sports through CBS and ESPN. They're still hemorrhaging money because they have gone all in on wokeness and all in on ESG. See, whereas you've got major corporations like, say, Anheuser-Busch or uh, Molson Coors or uh, uh, some of these other major corporations that are involved in ESG because they kind of have to be, but they're not true believers. But in order to get that line of credit, in order to get that line of investment, they go ahead and they play the game. But they're not true believers in wokeness. They're not true believers in diversity, equity, and inclusion. They, they just kind of go along. 
and they they kind of pull their stunts and stuff like that to 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 go along with it. But again, they're not true believers. Disney are true believers. The board at Disney are true believers in wokeness. The creatives at Disney are true believers in wokeness. And the head of Disney, Bob Iger, is a true believer in wokeness. And they have gone all in on this. They have invested all of their money in it, and they have decided that they are going to be an instrument of cultural change. That they themselves are going to contribute massively to the destruction of Western civilization. And the destruction, ultimately, what they're aiming at is Christianity. Because, again, Western civilization was founded on Christianity. And they have failed massively because of it. And they are hemorrhaging money because of it. They are in really, really bad shape. Now, what can Disney do? I have said, again, multiple times on this podcast, that I have actually been praying for the downfall of Disney. I have been praying that Disney will be made like Pharaoh in Egypt against Moses, that Disney will be a symbol of what happens when you go up against God, that Disney's leadership heart will be hardened, and they will not, no matter what, change their minds or change their ways, and that Disney will eventually collapse and financially burn to the ground to the point that nobody will even want the Disney name because it will be so poisoned. And we're getting close to that point. Right now, anything with the Disney name on it is increasingly being identified with the pride movement, with transsexualism, with the wokeness, with wokeness being forced down our throats. It is being negatively uh, affected. There is a negative stigma on the Disney name. Disney Plus subscribers are consistently dropping. They're losing, in, uh, they're losing literally billions with a B of dollars every year on Disney Plus. This and and so I really firmly believe that Disney is going to crash and burn. I don't think that Disney is going to be uh, rescued. And even if somebody at this point, even if somebody does come along, like Nelson Peltz, and manages to take over the board from these ideologues, and manages to try to turn the ship around, I think it's too late. What we're seeing, what we saw with uh, with Andor, which was a, a Star Wars TV show, and again, by all accounts, it was a really good show. But because of all of the garbage that had come before it, nobody watched it because we're sick and tired of it. We're sick and tired of the wokeness. And when a show came out that wasn't as woke and that was actually pretty good, nobody watched it. Same thing is happening with Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not going to go see, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it on streaming. I just don't care. I have no more interest in it. Disney has rejected me. Disney hates me. Disney hates Christians. Disney hates Americans. Disney hates you. Why would you give money to a company that hates you? And that has become apparent. So again, Disney is negatively stigmatized. Right now, the Disney brand is pretty much dead. So what are they going to do to try to save themselves in the short run? Because they are not going to allow uh, a Nelson Peltz or, or, uh, or, or somebody else to come in and take over the board and write the ship. My guess is, because Lucasfilm has been such a miserable failure under Kathleen Kennedy... They're going to try to sell Lucasfilm, but they have a problem. They have a problem because a lot of times what they do in the deal is they make part of their stock 
Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get into that in a minute. They're, they're going to try to unload stuff. And because Lucasfilm is pretty much dead, they're going to try to un- unload Lucasfilm. They paid, they overpaid George Lucas $4.1 billion for Lucasfilm. That was under Bob Iger. Bob Iger is famous for overpaying for stuff. And I think they're going to try to unload Lucasfilm, but I don't know of anybody who would really be interested in it. Certainly nobody is going to pay $4 billion for it because all of its franchises are dead. Star Wars is dead. Star Wars was really the only... Star Wars and Indiana Jones was really the only franchises that they had. And Willow, and they managed to kill Willow off in one season of the TV show. On Disney Plus. Because they they did what they always do. They took a beloved franchise and then they subverted it with their agenda. And so they took Willow, a beloved franchise, not very well known, but a very good movie back in the day. And they turned it into a story about two teen lesbian girls. And, and they killed that. And, and after one season, it's been canceled. So everything that Lucasfilm had is dead now. They're not going to make any more Indiana Jones films. And Star Wars is ultimately dead. Star Wars theoretically could be resurrected by somebody who really cared about it and really loved it. If, if they completely eliminate Everything that Disney did, everything, with the possible exception of, well, even The Mandalorian sucks now. So, who, who, who is Disney going to sell Lucasfilm to? Who's going to want it? There, there was a lot of speculation that Disney, that Iger was actually going to try to sell all of Disney to um, Apple. But Apple's not really interested in in the movie industry. And there was also a possibility that they could sell it to Sony. Now, they could profitably sell Marvel to Sony. And that would be very good for Marvel, because Marvel is not entirely dead yet. So if they wanted to make, if they really wanted to make money, they could sell Marvel to Sony. That's what I would do if I was in their shoes. But my son, my nine-year-old son, because he was listening to this podcast with me as well while we were in the car, my nine-year-old son said, Netflix, Netflix would buy it. And I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? They would. Because Netflix is kind of kind of wrestling with itself and its identity because they, they were doing the wokeness thing for a while, but they were realizing that it wasn't making money. And so they, you know, they continued to make good good stuff that made money. And uh, but but the vast majority of, of stuff that they have on there is just, and so Netflix is struggling, but they're not dead. So Netflix I think would definitely benefit from buying Lucasfilm. Now, they certainly aren't going to pay four four point one billion dollars for it. They're not going to pay more than that. My guess is that Lucasfilm is 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 so damaged. If I were buying Lucasfilm and I had the money, I'd pay maybe one one point five billion for it. And that's just so that I could get a hold of Star Wars. Because that's all that Lucasfilm has left, really. Uh, So that, I thought, was a very interesting concept. So Netflix, if you happen to be listening, you might approach Disney about this. might approach Bob Iger and say, hey, we'll take Lucasfilm off your hands. Because the rumor has it that Kathleen Kennedy, now that she has completely destroyed Lucasfilm is finally going to be fired. 
way, way too little and way, way too late. Um, and that's, that's basically the, the, the situation that, uh, the wages of, of wokeness, uh, is brokenness as, uh, another one of the guys I follow on YouTube, uh, says overlord dvd by the way if uh, unless you you're sensitive to language because the the adult language uh is fairly frequently used in his show it's also very very funny very good show but that's overlord dvd and he says the the wages of wokeness is brokenness and it's it's true folks but all of this considered Again, want to come back to my point. All of these things considered, wokeness is dying. The globalist movement is dying. It is collapsing right before our eyes. And that is good news. Because that means that Jesus is not quite done yet on this earth. So, so that's, that's something to take heart about. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, if you like what you heard, you can check out my videos. I, I put up, uh, shorter, obviously shorter stuff on video, um, uh, stuff that I don't necessarily discuss in the podcast. You can catch my videos on BitChute. Dot com that's b i t c h u t e dot com odyssey dot com o d y s e e dot com and rumble dot com uh, I also have a locals page that I really haven't been paying that much attention to because well I don't have anybody else on the page but well not like two people on the page but you're welcome to come by to my locals page and um, I think you can actually support me through the locals page. This is something that I would like to be able to do for a living. Um, and so I think you can support me on the locals page. If you can't, I'll, I'll look over there and, and see how to set that up. But, you know, kind of a subscription type of thing for like a dollar a month or $5 a month or something like that. That would be enough to uh, keep me in uh, iced tea and uh, soda water for, and the occasional Dr. Pepper uh, so, uh, that would be very nice. Anyway, um, if you are actually listening to this on, uh, BitChute, Rumble, or Odyssey, uh, the podcast is also available anywhere you can get podcasts. That's the Doc Bryant Show, and you can get that on Spotify, etc., etc., uh, but not Apple. I am not on Apple because I won't fill out their paperwork and nobody listens to iTunes. Anyway, once again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I will be praying for all of you. And please, folks, pray for me. And uh, also, please share this out there to your friends and family. Because, again, I really would kind of like to be able to do this for a living. And I will talk to you all later.